Welcome to Through the Bible with Dr. Troy Walls. Today's Bible lesson is on New Heaven and Earth. We were talking about believers coming up before the judgment seat of Christ, the Bema seat, as it was called, B-E-M-A, Bema seat. Bema is simply the Greek word for judgment seat. It came from the Olympics, the seat of the judges. It's a seat of judging, not for heaven or hell, but rather for what rewards we will, we will receive. This will only be for believers and the body of Christ who one day will come before the Bema seat for rewards. We will definitely get rewards based on our Christian walk of this life here on earth. Of course, the rewards are going to come uh, to their full mainly in the kingdom economy. When the kingdom comes on earth and becomes active, Christ will be the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the worldwide ruler, and we will be ruling and reigning with him. Now here is where the reward aspect comes in as we reign and rule with him. Our level of responsibility is going to be based on our faithfulness here. And that is why we need to understand as believers that we have to labor to work and serve for the rewards we will use in the kingdom age. I think most people would rather be active as opposed to being inactive and sitting on the sidelines. I know I would. I couldn't stand sitting on the sidelines. I would like to begin our study in Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Remember, as soon as the body of Christ is raptured out and we receive our new bodies, and we'll be looking at that in this lesson. We step out of time and into eternity. I know that is hard for us to understand how even those seven distinct years are going to unfold here on the earth, yet that seven years multiplied into all the time in the world because we are out of time and into eternity. The reason I'm stressing this is that in no way could the Lord deal with every church age believer individually in seven years. It would be impossible in our time frame. But since we will be out of time and, and into eternity, there will be no problem. Don't ask me to explain it, because I can't. But each of us as believers will have that specific, personal, quality time in front of the Lord for our rewards. Now, it's this point in time that I want to come into Romans because we're getting ready for the return of Christ to set up his kingdom at the end of the tribulation. The book of Revelation specifies that it will be a thousand years. And even though Revelation uh, reveals it will be a thousand years, all the prophecies in the Old Testament reveal that this kingdom on earth will be for how long? Forever. So then the only way we can look at this is that the thousand-year kingdom is just an introduction to the eternal state. It will be interrupted, of course, with a new heaven and a new earth and the great white throne judgment for the lost. But even eternity is going to be based on the physical attributes and so forth of this thousand-year reign of Christ. There will be some differences as here in the thousand years you will 
you still have flesh and blood people having children. Where in the eternal state, I don't think that will carry on. But I believe there will be a lot of activity and production all through eternity. We won't be sitting there on a cloud floating around doing nothing except strumming the harp. But in chapter 8, we come to where the believers, beginning with the rewards, but it's all looking forward to the time when Christ will return, set up his kingdom for this thousand years, and we will be part of it. We will be playing our role in that kingdom as we rule and reign under the Lord. You can turn with me, if you wish, to Romans chapter 8, beginning in verse 14. Romans chapter 8, beginning in verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God, or the children of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself, in other words, himself, beareth witness with our spirit that we are, pre uh, that, that we are that's present tense, the children of God. Look at Romans chapter 8, verse 17. Romans chapter 8, verse 17. And if children, in other words, born from above, then heirs, now that brings us into a family relationship, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Most of you are, are acquainted with the laws on joint heirship. That, that means what belongs to the husband belongs, belongs to the wife, and what is hers is his. So that's the way it'll be with Christ. What's his will be ours, and what's ours will be his. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. Now, I like these next few verses, and very few people realize what these verses are teaching. Look at Romans chapter 8, beginning in verse 18. Romans chapter 8, beginning in verse 18. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time, and Paul knew what it meant to suffer, are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be, as future, revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature or creation waited for the manifestation of the sons of God. When will you and I, as God's children, be manifest? when we come into this glorious kingdom rule with him. And remember, to be manifested in Scripture is to be put under the spotlight. Our day is coming when we will be just literally put in the spotlight, and all of creation is waiting for that day. Even at this moment, creation is waiting for that day. Now look at verse 20. Romans chapter 8, verse 20. For the creature or the creation was made subject to vanity, in other words, the curse, not willing. You see, creation didn't have anything to do with Adam's sin. But by reason of him who has subjected the same in hope. So as soon as Adam sinned and the curse fell, what did God immediately come back and promise? The time of restoration. So then all of creation is constantly looking for that day when the curse will be finally lifted. Remember the seven years of tribulation? The whole idea of these seven years is to bring the earth to a delivery. In Matthew chapter 24, where Jesus said, These are the days of travail. 
travail was connected with delivery. In this instance, it's the delivery of the planet from a curse. So, from the very day it was subjected to the curse, God had begun to promise there is a coming day of redemption for it. Romans chapter 8, beginning in verse 21. Romans chapter 8, beginning in verse 21. Because the creature, or creation, itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption, that's where we are today, sin and death, and to the glorious liberty of the children of God, that's us. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. Now I want you to stretch your thinking a little bit. What's involved in the term whole creation? Just man? No. Everything. Everything that was created. Even the rocks. You might say, now buddy, the rocks are stretching at some. But when Christ had his triumphant entry and they tried to quiet the crowd, what did Jesus say? If you make these people be quiet, the rocks will cry out. Even the rocks know the Creator. That's more than you can say about most human beings. So all of creation is waiting for that great day of deliverance from the curse. Look at Romans chapter 8, verse 23. Romans chapter 8, verse 23. And not only they, but ourselves also, groan within ourselves. If we are true believers today, what is our longing? For the Lord to come. As we see, the world is just falling apart and literally going into the lap of evil. More and more, how can we help but cry out, Lord, come quickly. Because if he doesn't come soon, I can see even in our America changes coming that will affect us as believers. So here we are, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. Now, the redemption of the soul and spirit has already been concluded, but we are still waiting for the redemption of our body. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, it's corruptible, and it is going to be suddenly become incorruptible. The moment it's changed and we go up into the presence of the Lord, receive our rewards and come back to become active participants in the kingdom here on earth, let's look back for a moment at the book of Colossians. I always like to point out that we who are believers today are already members of the kingdom. The kingdom today is not on earth, but rather it's in heaven. But one day that kingdom will come on the earth and you and I are going to be part of it because we are already in it. Here Paul is praying for the Colossae believers. And in that prayer, as Paul is winding up, he says this. In Colossians chapter 1 verse 12. Colossians chapter 1 verse 12. Giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet, or prepared us, to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. That same language is in Romans chapter 8. Look at Colossians chapter 1 verse 13. Colossians chapter 1 verse 13. It says who, it means the Father, hath, that means past tense, delivered us from the power of darkness, and hath, past tense again, it's already been accomplished if we are believers today, and he hath 
translated us into the what? The kingdom of his dear son. The kingdom is the kingdom is the kingdom. Whatever kingdom that was promised to David and Solomon and later to the twelve disciples, later made reference to in the book of Acts, is the same kingdom that is mentioned in Colossians. And it's the same kingdom that is coming upon the earth. Now, to get a little hint of how our bodies will be, I personally like to think uh, that we, when we get into our new resurrected body, we will be the ages that Christ was when he was in his earthly ministry, which was, of course, about 30 or 33 years old. So when someone elderly said, Will I be gray-headed when I get to glory? I don't think so. I think we will be 30 or something with lots of energy and vigor at that age group. Now let's look at 1 John for a moment. Here in one little hint. 1 John chapter 3 verse 1. 1 John chapter 3 verse 1. It says, Behold, what manner of love that the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Now here it comes. 1 John chapter 3, verse 2. 1 John chapter 3, verse 2. It says, Beloved, now are, that's present tense, we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. In other words, we don't have a full understanding of how we are going to look and so on. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And we also read the next verse, 1 John chapter 3, verse 3. 1 John 3, 3. And every man, in other words, every believer, that hath this hope, in other words, that the Lord will be coming, maybe even today, in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. I always like to use the analogy that when my wife knows we have company coming, what does she do to the house? Well, you clean and straighten up and get it ready. Why? Because you are expecting a visitor. Now, that should be the attitude of every believer every day. We should keep our spiritual house in order because any day we could have a visitor. So we know we will be like him. Now let's turn to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. Paul always writes to the believer. And he says to you and I in Philippians chapter 3, verse 20. Philippians chapter 3, verse 20. For our conversation or our citizenship, as we are already in the kingdom, is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Philippians chapter 3, verse 21. Philippians 3, 21. Who shall change our vile body, this one that is prone to sickness and death, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body. The body after his resurrection is what it's talking about. According to the working whereby he is able to even subdue all things unto himself. Let's go to Luke 24 and take a quick look at his post-resurrected body. Our body will be like his. I've told my classes over the years, if you want to get a good grasp, in other words, as much as Scripture reveals, 
of how we are going to operate in our new resurrected body and then study the 40 days of Christ post-resurrection life. And remember, the disciples had no idea that Christ would die, although he had told them he would, much less that he would rise from the dead. That was totally hidden from them, so now it has to happen, and they are still having a hard time accepting it. Luke chapter 24, beginning in verse 36. Luke chapter 24, beginning in verse 36. And as they thus spake, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them, in other words, the disciples, and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. But they were what? Terrified and affrighted, and supposed that they had seen a spirit. And he said unto them, Why are ye troubled? And why do thoughts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit hath not flesh and bones, as ye see me have. Today we speak of our makeup of being flesh and blood, but in the eternal state we will be flesh and bone. Luke chapter 24, beginning in verse 40. Luke chapter 24, beginning in verse 40. And when he had thus spoken, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they yet believed not for joy and wondered, he said unto them, Have you here any meat? In other words, food. Isn't that amazing? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish and of an honeycomb, and he took it and did what? He ate before them. Most people don't know that. He ate with that glorified body, and we will be too when we receive the glorified body. We'll be eating and eating and eating and won't gain a pound because we'll always be perfect. Look at Luke chapter 24, beginning in verse 44. Luke chapter 24, beginning in verse 44. And he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. But here is just one glimpse of how our new body will be. Remember, he was on the road to Emmaus, and all of a sudden he fell in step with the two believers, visited with them, and went into the house with them. And after that, he had finished that little visit there. In a split second, he was gone back to Jerusalem with his disciples. He didn't need doors to come and open, to come and go. He could appear and disappear when he wanted to. And guess what? That's the kind of existence we existence that we have ahead of us. We won't need transportation. We can think of where we need to be and instantly we'll be there. That will be how our new glorified bodies will operate. Now, I'd like to ask you one more question before I finish up here. And I always try to finish up with this at the end of my lesson. Will you, are you a 100% sure that you're going to go to heaven? Did you know that God wants you to know that you're going to heaven? He wants you to be 100% sure. In the book of 1 John chapter 5, verse 13, it says that you may know that you have eternal life. If you're 35% sure, 50% sure, 75% sure, or even 99% sure, guess what? 
you're not going to be going to heaven. You have to know that you know that you know that you're going to go to heaven. And God wants you to know. And the first thing you have to do is recognize that you are a sinner. And say, Lord, I know I'm a sinner and I repent of my sins. Now, you can repent a thousand times and it won't do you a bit of good until you forsake that sin. That means give it up. So repent of your sins and ask Jesus to come into your life. And you know what he said he would do? He would do just exactly that. He'd come into your life. So if you wish today to have eternal life, to know that you're going to go to heaven, you can do that today by doing those those few steps. Repent, ask him to come into your life, and he will do exactly that. And you know what else? God does not lie. Mankind lies, but God does not lie, and he will do that for you. I hope you enjoyed this lesson. Dr. Troy Wall, signing off.